Here is the holy and unholy from two millennials balancing life, work, love, pregnancy, kids, and everything in between. Follow our journey as we learn and discuss everything we wish we knew before we did it. Hey everyone, welcome back to Sunday School. Today we have a special guest. Um, we went to high school with her. She was a foreign exchange student. She's from Lebanon, so she'll be talking to us about what is going on over there right now. But in the meantime, before we introduce her, Hilda is going to start off with a nice segment. Yeah, so I have a nice segment this time around. So recently um, on a Facebook group that I'm in, it's called Spill the Tea. I don't know if I've mentioned it before. Um, somebody was kind of just venting. It was a girl. She was venting about how she was in a pretty tough situation right now. Nothing was going her way. She had just finally, you know, gathered up enough cash to purchase her own cash car. And then um, something happened. I can't remember the full details, but her car was towed like the first day she had it. She had to go out of pocket again for $400. Those $400 was to go to rent. So now she was out $400. They didn't have enough money to pay rent. Like her whole world right now is crashing. So in that comment section, because you know I'm nosy, I always read the comments on it, stuff that's going on. Um, somebody re suggested that she join um, some groups. And one of the groups, or both of the groups that they suggested were groups where people, like, you know, help each other out. And you put your story or what's going on with you and why it is that you may need some funds or be in need of money. Um, and people will, I guess, in a way, donate to you. So they accepted me in the group and I joined. And as I was scrolling through there, like reading people's stories, what was going on, some people, honestly, the group that I did join, it's, it seems very, very um, well-managed. Um, a lot of people were just asking for, you know, help to get food, groceries, pay their electricity, like, you know, simple things. Some people were just like, hey, you know, this is a want, not a need, but I don't get paid until like tomorrow or something, but I really need a cigarette. Like, help me with these $3 that I need so I can get a pack of cigarettes or whatever. And people would help. So I ended up helping um, two, I think it was two people. They could get groceries. They like sent, you know, they post pictures of proof what their bank account says, how much funds it is that they have. They post pictures of their refrigerators wow. uh -huh, to show like, look, I really have no food. Um, and then, uh, you know, according to like the rules of that group specifically, once you are funded, um, and once you actually go out and use the money to buy what it is that you need, you have to per like put a picture of your receipt or you get banned from the group. Um, and you can't join again to either ask or help. So, you know, I, I did think that was nice. So I did. I helped two people um, so that they could get, you know, towards their funds for the food that they needed. And then there was one last person that was trying to get something for her daughter. I think it was going to be her birthday. Um, and all she wanted to do, she was like, my daughter just wants like some barbecue chicken or something like that. You know, basic ass, you know, nothing special. And she was asking for a certain amount. And I was like, okay, I'll go ahead and pitch in for that too. So it made me feel really good that I could help these people out. You know, people I don't know. Um, and yeah. I've, been, I've been looking um, to see, okay, you know, and that was one day that I, I did three people. But I'm like, okay, hold on, hold because then you're going to be broke too. <laughs> so, um, but I've been looking to see, okay, who else is it that could need some help? On Mondays, they do an Amazon wish list where people share their Amazon um, wish list. And I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe, I need to get there. Yeah, maybe on another Monday or something, I'll go on there and purchase you know, something for somebody and then get a little surprise. So that was my, my nice thing deed that I did. <laughs> well, good. That sounds, sounds like you were really helpful. I did. I felt blessed. I decided to spread it. <laughs> you said, I felt blessed. I did. <laughs> so again, um, as we mentioned today, we have a guest and her name is Dahlia. She was a foreign exchange student at our high school. Um, she was actually a very dear friend to me my junior year because my junior year of high school, um, it was my first year at that high school, and I had just moved from a completely different city to a completely different place. Um, and she was just so nice. She was always very nice and welcoming. Even now when I message her, she's like, hello, dear. <laughs> she's just the sweetest person ever. So honestly, having her there my junior year was, was a, a big help. Um, so Dahlia? Hi. Oh, and we must mention um, also Dahlia is currently in Lebanon. So since we are doing this through FaceTime, it may kind of be a little bit, you know, a little bit of a lag here and there. Can you hear me? Yes, I hear you. So uh, Dahlia, I know that you went to our high school. Did you just go for one year or were you there for most of high school? No, actually, I, like, I, I'm not sure. Right now, I can hear you much better. 
Okay, we were saying um, uh, that you were a foreign asking, exchange student at our high school. Eleni was asking if you were only there one year or were you there for all of oh, our school? I, I was there. No, I was there for only one year because the program was only for 12 months. So I went there as an exchange student for a year and then I came back. I remember you Did telling you know me. Did you know the family that was hosting? Go ahead, Eleni. Did you know the family that was hosting you? Oh, I I got to meet the family just like few weeks before getting to the states, and like a week or two ahead of time, and they were really really amazing, and we're still good friends. Yeah, I remember you telling oh, me that they were really really sweet with you and really good people. Um, I also yeah. remember you telling me that before you came in and you knew you were coming to Texas, that you expected everybody to be in like horses and you know <laughs> cowboys. <true. laughs> I remember Cowboy. that. <laughs> I went down, like, I, I went to the airport, and they picked me up, and I was, like, looking at the streets, and my host mom was like, what are you looking at? What are you looking for? I was like, the horses, <laughs> the, the, the farms, the cows, and she was like, you're not going to see this. <laughs> I was shocked. I was, I, I was expecting to see cowboys everywhere. Yeah, it was different. <laughs> no, that is so funny. Different. That is, that's funny. Now, um... We wanted to talk about the recent, you know, events that happened in Lebanon. Um, are you close at all to the area where the explosion in Beirut happened? Well, yes, I do live exactly in the middle in the middle of Beirut, so it's like very close to my house. Actually, I've lost uh, my house, uh, even my parents' house in the city. Uh, everything is damaged, very big damages. Um, it's so sad. It's really sad. I don't know. It's uh, it's uh, like let me tell you a little bit about Lebanon. Uh, Lebanese people have passed through a lot of bad situations through the decades. Like the last four decades, people have been dying, different issues, different problems, corruption, uh, wars. And we are not like there, there's no break between the first like a problem and the next problem there. We never take a break and people are dying. But this tragedy, like two days ago, it was like the peak. It was it was it, it was like something no one was expecting it. Yeah. It was crazy. A lot of people died. A lot of people like lost their houses, their families, their work. It's so sad. Yeah, I've been trying to keep on it, um, keep up on it a little bit here and there, and I have um, seen that the number of people that have passed away, the number keeps going up. I've looked at pictures, I've watched videos. Um, what were yeah. you doing the moment that the explosion happened? Well, the funny part is that I I was at work and my fiance called me and he was like, "Listen, I'm gonna go pick you up and we're gonna go have dinner." And we have lunch, sorry. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to pass home and change first. He was like, no, just stay wearing whatever you're wearing and let's go. And I insisted that I wanted to pass home. And thank God I did not. If I went home, I would have been gone. And the bigger thing was that he asked me, like, he was like, where do you want to go have lunch? And the first thing that popped to my mind, I was like, I want to go and eat at, there is a place here, an area called Zaytuna Bay. Zaytuna Bay is literally on the port. It's on the beach, on the port, very high-end place, high-end restaurants. And we always go and have lunch there, especially when it's hot and there are a lot of yachts and ships and boats. So we always go there. And I was like, let's go eat there. And he was like, you know what? No, I do not want to go there. I want to go somewhere really far, like up in the mountains and just chill. I was like, why do we have to drive for like an hour and there's traffic? Let's just eat there. He was like, no, no, no. Today it's different. I I'm not feeling good and I want to leave the city. So we left. We went to the mountains. We had lunch. And once we were back in the city, we just like on the road and the bomb just like it was just in front of us. Did you feel the um, explosion? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, let me tell you, every single person like like Lebanon, it's not a very big country, mm -hmm. but people in Cyprus, like the country facing our country, it's, it's a completely different country. Mm -hmm. They felt it. They felt like it 
like every single person in every village in every area in Lebanon felt it was in his own village like my parents they live really far up in like in a village in the mountains they thought there was like an, an a bomb in the village itself wow. uh, like every single person in Lebanon and it doesn't matter in which area or in which village or where he was they mm-hmm. thought it was in his own area yeah it was this big like I was in the car and I just because I have like our car it's wow. strong I just looked around like all the buildings like there were no glass no glass like everything is on the floor and like I was looking at the cars the the the, the windows of the cars were like scattering all over the place it was crazy I didn't know what was it like did your window scatter I'm sorry. Did your wind scatter? No, because uh, like we drive a different car, f- like for work, so it's it's a bit different from the normal cars. Thank God. But all the other cars were like there were no windows. Like you can see, like like the buildings next to us on on the road, no signs, no windows, no glass, nothing. Everything is like in seconds are on the floor. I'm just looking at and and for like for those like few seconds I didn't know what it was. At first I thought is that a bomb is that something in uh, in the sky is it no one knew what it what it what it really was and because it the, it was very strong like for a moment you couldn't see anything but like very black smoke that's it. And the pressure was very strong the car moved you know wow although it's a very huge car <laughs> it's moved literally it literally moved and for a second i was like are like what what's going on yeah it was it was scary it was so bad so bad um what is the media i guess reporting or telling y'all in regards to what happened all right um all right in lebanon there is something that you need to know lebanon is a sectarian country and we have 19 different religion and we have a lot of more than like 30 different political party and people here because of the civil war and because of all the problems are divided so you can see each area it goes back to a different religion to a different political party and they all fight and the heads of those political parties are they have been occupying as we can say Lebanon for 30 years now and they've been like they never did anything positive to the country everything they've done is war corruption uh, stealing we have a lot of problems from pollution to economy to dollar problem to the currency to poverty to Corruption is everywhere. So uh, whenever you listen to the news right now, each um, TV channel would say something. But now because of what happened on August 4th, because of what happened on August 4th, everyone united against all the political parties in Lebanon. Because obviously, because of those politicians, this has happened what happened what the, what what's been what's been said on the news is that like 7 years ago there was this ship that had some ammonium nitrate on it came to lebanon it was going it was a transit ship and it had some uh, ammonium nitrate is an agricultural fertilizer which is also doubles as dynamite so the government took it in at the port and they told them that you have to pay taxes and pay this and pay that. And they kept the the ship in on the port and they kept those this substance in the port and they never put it like they did, did never put it in a storage area or to send it back to the origin, original country. They just wanted it so they can sell it, sell the product, make money or try to steal it. Or maybe, you know, because of Iran and Syria and Hezbollah, maybe they want to take them to make bombs out of the product. 
So it's all corruption and they all did it for their own benefits and they never thought of the of the Lebanese people as people, you know, they they never they never care. So it all happened because no one did his job. All the political uh, persons, like no one did his job. No one uh, even cared to talk about it or to tell people that be careful. There is a substance here uh, or like send it back to the origin country. They, they just left it there. They tried to steal it. They tried to make money out of it. And obviously something that has to do with Hezbollah, I don't know, I, like in my own opinion, definitely has something to do with them because all the problems here, it's because of them. So um, I don't know, up till now, no one, even even like those people in the country, like the ministers, uh, the political parties, no one went on the TV and told people this happened because of this. Like there, there's no, no one knows up till now, like four days and up till now, no one knows, no one gave a good excuse. No one went and talked to the, to the mob. They just are careless. They don't care. And the Lebanese people are fed, like they're fed up with all of this shit. And I'm sorry, like if you, if you've been like hearing the news since September, Lebanese people have been on the streets. They have been like like strikes every single day, every single day. Like our currency have dropped, like dropped down. So like like there are there is no dollar. Uh, like here, if you want to buy, like let's say for example, few months back, each dollar was for one thousand five hundred Lebanese lira. Today, each dollar is for eight thousand Lebanese lira. It's crazy. People are jobless. Like we have more than like more than three over four of the Lebanese people are unemployed. Wow. So there's a uh, lot, there's just a lot going on. Um, and this with was the government. The yeah. Yes. This was the peak. So yeah. So I have seen you post a lot of, you know, it's in a different language. So I don't really know much of what, what you're posting, but I do see a lot of, you know, um, protesting and stuff that you, that you've been sharing. Um, That's true. I, I'm stunned that you guys are going through this. I mean, it just seems like one bad thing after another. And I know that we're always complaining here in the States because we can't get past coronavirus. But it seems like you guys have one tragedy after another tragedy after another tragedy. And it's it's terrible. I saw that because um, I recently had a, a baby. And so I thought it was terrible, you know, to have to labor through the pandemic. But I saw a picture of a mom had just given birth in the hospital windows had shattered in on her. And That's she's like, standing, she's sitting and she had just finished giving birth. And there's like glass and like metal everywhere all around her. I just couldn't imagine how she felt. Has yeah. um like like I'm sorry to interrupt you. Let me tell you something. Lebanon is actually it's considered one of the best countries in the Middle East. It's even like life here is even better than Dubai. Like people party every single night from Monday to Monday. We have the best clubs in the world. We have the Lebanese people are party animals. Even with all what's going on, Positive vibes, people still hang out, resorts are fully opened, people are going crazy, they're partying, drinking, having fun. Do you guys have a lot of tourists? Do we have a lot of what? I'm sorry? Tourists? Tourists? No, we do not have tourists because of all the problems, because we have um, problems with, um, let's say, not bombing, but we have problems, it's not very safe. So people are scared to come here. We have pollution problems. We have garbage on the streets because we can't find a solution where and what to do with the garbage in the country. We have problems with um, cancer. We have the highest rates in the world. We have problems with poverty. We have problems with unemployment. We have problems Sounds with... Sounds like uh, the U.S. Corruption. <laughs> oh, listen, I've lived in the U.S. and you are lucky, guys. Like, for example, if you want to go to the hospital and you don't have um, enough money or you don't know, you don't have contacts here in Lebanon, like a very well-known doctor, you would die on the door. They wouldn't even let you in to take a bed or to get hospitalized because you don't have connections or you don't have money. If you don't have money, you can't get education here in Lebanon. 
if you don't have money and connections, you can't even get normal food. Like you eat now, we've been having problems that they've been selling us um, um, corrupted uh, meat and chicken for three years, and people never knew. And those are the political, uh, I'm sorry, political people here in the country. Wow. Yes, it's yes. it's this bad. It's people have been like like the last couple of weeks. People like suicide rates were getting so high. People were killing themselves on the streets. Like I was walking uh, the other day next to my house. I was have I was going to have coffee, and then I started hearing people screaming and yelling. And then I turned around. There was a guy who shot himself on the street because he doesn't even have one dollar to get milk for his kids. Wow, that's this is sad. how bad it is. So, uh, yes. yeah, I can and see why well, this explosion would just make everybody go crazy and really look and search for answers. Tomorrow we have but a very big everyone, But you said everyone is still partying. Where are they getting this money? This is the thing. The Lebanese people are so, like, full of positive vibes. So we now we're becoming like India. We're having two different um, level classes. It's either you have money or you're very poor. But even the average people, they consider like, I'll sit at home and do nothing all week, but I want to party my ass off on the weekend. This is how Lebanese people think. We have a different mentality. You know, like people here, like it's different because they all what they think about is the way they look. They don't really care about the concept. It's only the decoration around the concept. This is how it is. Because you live in a sectarian country, when you live in such a country, it's different from living in a democratic country. You know, it's, it's completely different. Like people here in Lebanon, um, for example, they would go take a loan from the bank just to get a car. And they don't, they're unemployed to even give the bank the money back. So people here, it's, the mentality is different. It's different. And that's all because of the civil war and what people have passed through and because of the depression. Is the civil war still well, going on right now? Or, sorry, I'm... No. I don't mean to be ignorant, I just... <laughs> no, no, no. The civil war has ended like around 30 years ago, but people are still very, very, very um, closed minded. Like, for example, up till today, a lot of people would never allow their kids to marry someone from different religion because they had civil war. Like some people would kill their kids if they they get married to some other person from a different religion or a different area or who have different political views. Like, for example, brothers in the same house, they would kill each other just because they're fighting. I love this political party and I love that political party. People are so ignorant. People are stuck to their, um, to their history and they are they're not moving forward now our new generation like our age they're a bit different they're thinking uh they're they're more educated they're traveling they're seeing the world so they think differently but people like our parents and older generations they're still stuck to their history now with all of this that you're saying whenever you decided that you wanted to do, to do um I guess, be a foreign exchange student. Was this like a shock to your family? Were they okay with it? How did that go about, you know, with them? <laughs> well, let me tell you. One, like here in Lebanon, if you want to apply to become an exchange student, that's a very big number. And you pass through a lot of exams and a lot of uh, meetings at the embassy because you can't get a visa here to go anywhere. It's very hard. Like you need to pay a lot of money and you need to be like really good in school and very high grades. And, you know, it's it's very hard. Like we applied, we were around 25,000 students and only 25 people got accepted. Wow. So you pass, wow. yeah, you pass through a lot of exams, a lot of tests. You do a lot of interviews. You do a lot of, uh, they get to meet your family. Uh, you do a lot of uh, workshops until they accept you and you take the visa and you go and do the exchange. When, when I came and told my parents, I let my, my parents are a bit different because my family traveled a lot. They used to live abroad. So I'm a bit different from other people my age or people like 
where I come from because my like my even my grandparents they're not 100% Lebanese so it's it's a bit different but uh, but it was like at first my mom and my when I first told them they were like no you're not going anywhere I was like I want to go and they were like you're too young and no you're not going anywhere and I had to apply without even telling them I took all of my papers my sisters they're like seven and six years older they took me to the embassy to apply and they took me around to do like um, uh, my exams in secret until the embassy called my parents and they told them that we have to meet up with you guys and then they were like no you're not going I was like this is my choice and I want to do it so my dad was like all right this is your life and I'm not gonna stop you so if you want to go go ahead and do it and I did did you pick what country did you pick what country you wanted to go to no, it, the, the only exchange student here in Lebanon is to the United States at that time. Like 10 years ago, it was only to the United States. Wow. Oh, okay. That was an experience. Well, I was lucky that you did it because I got to meet you. Uh, me too. So how has that, um, I guess, you know, with everything going on right now, what with the explosion and stuff and all of the problems that you guys have within the government, how is that, I guess, shaping what your future is looking like within yourself? Like, do you have any fears, any, you know, things that you're worried about? Well, you know, like, we've learned here to live day by day because you can never know what's going to happen the next day. You might stay alive the next day. You might not. So, like, for like for example, I've been trying to set a date for my wedding for almost six months now, and I still can't can't do it because every single week there's something going on in the country so you have like you really can't figure the future out but we really wish for the best but I don't see anything's gonna happen in the last at least five years everything's gonna get worse and I don't think like anything there's nothing positive in the in the next two three years I don't think so. Not for the country. Hmm. Um, I think it's time right now to go on a little small song break. Can you tell us what is like a really popular song right now in Lebanon that we can play for our listeners? Well, definitely. Because of the situation and everyone is like not in a very, very good mood. And there's a nice, very nice song too, like for Beirut. And it's called Li Beirut. In English means for Beirut. So it's a very nice song. Yeah, let's play it. Li Beirut Min qalbi salamun li Beirut Wa qubalun lil bahri wal buyut Li safratin ka'annaha Oh, my 
Okay, and welcome back. That was an awesome song. Thank you for sharing that with us. We will definitely leave the link so everyone can go and follow. Um, we were just talking about, you know, how you feel like you can't really plan because it's just a day by day. So what do you do? Like, how do you stay positive? What do you do about your wedding? Like, how do you even plan future kids? Are you even thinking about still staying in Lebanon or have you considered moving? Well, most of the Lebanese people are considering, like, it's so sad to say this, and I really feel bad for saying this, but, like, every single person I know is just, like, trying to apply to get a visa to leave the country because no one can handle any more stress and can't handle even living with those financial problems and political problems. But let's say, like, the new generation would change this mindset and would think differently and be more positive than us guys well for me um i'm getting married to someone who is american and armenian lebanese so oh, wow. we will Did be moving to the state <laughs> yeah six years ago we met in lebanon we've been together for six years and we're moving to the states wow where uh, to la my, I'm from LA. My parents live in there, live there right now. Oh, really? Yeah. So we're gonna be moving there, but because of his work, we're gonna be like around Houston, LA, and Boston. So it's going to be like around. So, but definitely, I will always be coming back, visiting my homeland. Even like my fiance loves Lebanon and he's so attached to the country even he travels a lot and still he would come back every single month just to be here it's a really nice country and if you like if people would go online and check it out and check the places and how uh, well developed it is and how like how people are and how they live and it's really nice. It's one of the best places to live in. And like every single person who comes to Lebanon and visits it wants to come back and wants to come and party again and wants to come and visit it. It's really nice. Like you can go skiing and swimming in the same day. It's wow. such a nice weather, such a nice climate. Uh, Your even beaches like are beautiful. The beach is, oh yeah, the beach is amazing. It's really nice, and we have a lot of activities, a lot of uh, a lot, and and the most important thing, Lebanese people are very hospitable and very educated and very smart, and that's why like they ask for Lebanese brains all over the world. Like if you go anywhere in the world with the very high positions, they're always Lebanese people, whether in the states, in Canada, in Australia, in Europe, everywhere in the world, the very high positions and the very smart people, they always come from Lebanon. They're very educated and they're very smart. I feel so sad that like just because we're unlucky this is happening to us. Yeah. Did you want to raise your children in Lebanon or did you always know you wanted to move back to the United States? No, I've always wanted um, to raise my kids here in Lebanon because we have a lot of traditions and culture that no other place in the world has it and I'm very proud to be Lebanese and I'm very proud to be like to be Lebanese and to be like to have the opportunity to like to raise them here because it's really nice and I wouldn't I would never want them not to share the same things I've shared yeah I understand I know that culture is very important and traditions are very important and it's hard to do it when you're not around your family and your parents and things like that that's true that's true. Hilda, we just talked about um, her future, and she's she's moving to the States. She's moving to LA. Oh, nice. I had to step away for a little while. I have a wild child. <laughs> but, no, um, it's all right. <laughs> um, so you're moving to LA. That's exciting. That's that is very exciting. Um, it is. What is the, um, I guess, what is the future looking for, looking like for you guys in regards to like, I know you said your house was damaged and everything. I'm just going back again to a little bit of the explosion and stuff. Yes, actually, like, um, like my parents' house is in, in Beirut and my house is in Beirut, but um, we ha- we're a bit close, but different areas, but um, they're, they're both damaged, equally damaged. And... 
like for now we can't do anything about it because the roads are closed because of all the damage and uh, the glass and the buildings so at the moment we can't do anything about it we're just gonna have to wait for a couple of days to see what's gonna happen and god be with us i don't know has the government given any type of guidelines on, in regards to helping the people no. the government the government never ever in the last 40 50 years ever done anything to the lebanese people they never helped for example we had fires like huge fires back in november or september i guess the Lebanese, the government didn't do anything about it. The Lebanese people, like everyone, would go from their house. They they would get their own uh, hose and their own water and just turn the, the fire off. And this is what's happening now. The government isn't doing anything. All the people are volunteering. People our age, people our parents' age, are all on the streets with the brooms and with the with, with their stuff, and they're just trying to take the things out of the roads and cleaning up the roads. The government is literally doing nothing at all. It's so sad. And is everybody still kind of yeah. going about their day-to-day? -day? Like, are you still working? And are you working from home? Or what's going on with that? Actually, because of Corona, some of, like, a lot, at first it was Corona. So people, some of the people start working from home. And some other people, like myself, I have to go to the office because I work, I work in a pharmaceutical company. And we open every single day because, because of Corona. But then because of the financial problems, more than 60% of the people are unemployed. So people are not working. They're just at home. So us, the only people who are working, some are working from home and some are have to go to the office every single day. Wow. It, it really does seem like Lebanon has a lot that they need to get together. <laughs> yes. I know we complain about, you know, everything going on here in the United States, but you're really putting a different perspective out there for people to, you know, take a look at and reassess. Oh, sure. and, and I'm sorry, I forgot to um, say something, something very important that happened the last couple of months, that the government has taken all of our money. And they said it's not um, a haircut. But it was worse than a haircut that all the money that you've saved in the bank, they just took it and you can't get it out anymore. So literally everything you've saved up all of your life is just at the bank. You can't take them out. You can take them in like the dollars that you've saved in the bank. You cannot take, you cannot take them out. You can just take them in Lebanese currency with a very, very, very low amount. Like for example, in the black market, a dollar is for 8,000. If you want to take it from the bank, you take the dollar for 1,500. Wow. So literally, we're out of our money. Like even our money, we can't spend our money. Even if you're rich, you're, you're nothing right now. Rich, poor, you're all the same. Your money is stuck at the bank and you're sitting there literally with no money. Yeah, I forgot to mention this. Wow. <laughs> I'm laughing because I don't even, I don't know if I should cry, laugh, or what to do. It's, we just, you know what? We got used to it. We got used yeah. to this government. We got used to the corruption. Like, people are just making jokes about it now. They got used to it. They're like, what, what can we do? We'll just laugh about it until something good happens. Hopefully, you know, you don't really know what's going to happen after this whole explosion thing, but... I really am I hope hoping at like the top where it comes, you know, yeah. change comes after this. I hope so. I hope so. Now, what do you think? I know you said a lot of people are offering, you know, volunteer hours and stuff to help the community come back together. But what else do you think that, you know, could help out in the situation right now? Well, what can we do to help? Yeah. All right. Let me tell you what, what's going on exactly. Like, for example, there are a lot of NGOs in Lebanon, like, a lot of people are working on like uh, giving like every single person who has an extra room, extra house, extra flat, extra um, apartment. They're giving away for free for the people who have like with the house, like the people who has uh, like damaged houses or their houses are destroyed. There are more than 5000 of those people like they're homeless now, 5000 families they're homeless with no homes so all people from all of lebanon from all of the areas are just giving free houses and free places for people to stay like shelters 
And some NGOs, they're working to, um, they're sending food, uh, water, and clothes for the people who are, like, homeless right now. Some other people, they're volunteering, they're just on the floor, they're cleaning, they're, they're trying their best. Like, some other people, they're volunteering by just, uh, like, if they're nurses or doctors, they're giving free medical care for those people. Till now, this is what we're doing as Lebanese people in the country. How things might change, like, for example, you know, the Gulf here, like Dubai, Abu Dhabi, Kuwait, Qatar, these Gulf countries, like we call them like sisters, sister countries. Those countries have always helped Lebanon, whether like through money, through loans, through uh, different types of help they've, they've given Lebanon. Like for now, the first couple of days, they tried to send food. Uh, gloves, uh, medical equipment, uh, until now, you know, like they're just sending planes full of those stuff. And But what, what we Lebanese people are asking, we're asking every, like yesterday the French president came to Lebanon and checked what's going on, but we are asking every single country, please do not send us money, do not help the Lebanese government, because, because the government is going to steal the money and they're not going to help the people. What we're asking the countries is that please put some NGOs, let them help people, like let them help the mob. Like for example, get your pe- like constructors, get constructors to let to Lebanon. Let, let the constructors build the houses. Don't send money to the government so the government can rebuild the house. Going to steal the money just like they did before. Well. So we're asking, yeah. You mentioned um, the mob, I think, twice already. But when you say the mob, is that like an acronym for something? Or is that like, you know, oh, no, no, like the no, Italian uh, what, mob? What I mean, uh, no, no, no. What I mean by the mob is like the Lebanese people. Like, okay. I don't care what, what their religion is, what their political So just the general public. Is. General public, exactly. Okay. Like every single person. Yeah, when yeah, you this said... This is what I mean. Yeah, I was wanted to clarify because I know if I was wondering, I'm sure other people were wondering about that too. Uh, oh, no, I mean, like, <laughs> people, people in general, yeah. the Lebanese people, like, like, even the Lebanese people are just, sent, like, uh, on social media, on the news, on the internet, everywhere, they're just asking the governments all over the world, do not send money, because our thieves here, they're going to steal them, just help us by sending, literally, help, like, send constructor workers, uh, send equipment, send stuff, but do not send money. Because they are going to steal them just like they've done for the last 40 years. Um, you know, on social media here, I see a lot of people raising money to give to Lebanon or to give to Lebanese people. So it's really good to know and to hear from you on what actually can be done. Actually, donations, when you donate money to whole, to those uh, GoFundMe and fundraising and NGOs, no, those people should donate because those those NGOs are really helping. They're buying food, they're buying medical okay. products. They're so they're those small NGOs. They're helping. But what we're trying to say, we are asking the big countries. Like for example, when you talk like let's say for example for example to France, we're asking France, do not lend us money, do not lend our government money because. I'm sorry, guys. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I just want to tell you that here in Lebanon, we pay the highest amount of money for electricity, for water, and for internet, and we get the, the worst connection. The, like, we don't have electricity. We only have two hours of electricity per day. What? And we pay for electricity, and we pay for um, general, like, I don't know, like, you don't have those in the States, I'm pretty sure, because you have electricity. But we pay for something that called, um, like, motor. Motor is a French word. It's it's like whenever you lose the electricity, like for the example, when the electricity is cut out, you turn your, your own gen- like a electrical generator. Yeah, like a generator. generator. Uh-huh. Exactly. So you turn them on. So we pay twice the electricity, twice the bills, and we pay for water, we pay for internet, but we can't get any of those, but we pay them for the government. Wow. Seems like the government is Yeah, like for example, up. let me tell you a funny story. Like for example, families, when they want to like, let's say for example your um the mother wants to do the laundry so she has to wait from like let's say for example 10 in the morning till 12 noon to do the laundry because there's electricity at this time because like 
if we don't have electricity, she cannot do the laundry. <laughs> yes. Wow. Exactly. It's crazy. It's like I said before, yeah. this is very eye opening. I don't think, you know, even from knowing you in the past, I would have never guessed that any of this stuff was going on in, in Lebanon. Oh, yeah. Um, like, we we're used to this and you know because people now are like i was i was saying that before are they're very educated and because lebanon is very well developed you don't see it in all the families in all the houses because like some people are well off some other people like they're average some like like a lot of people like you don't see it on on social media because i was just saying that people live like just to show the world that they're happy and their positive vibes. So yeah, that's why it's, it's not there. Like people don't see it, but it's, we're living it. Um, I do think, you know, from everything that you said and you've shared with us that the Lebanon people, y'all really seem to come through for each other. You know, the government's not there to give y'all any help, but you know, you're there supporting, volunteering, rebuilding, and I have to say that's exactly. very, that's, I admire that a lot. Thank you. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess I, one last question going back to when you were a foreign exchange student too is, you know, what was it, was it a shock when you came here and you saw how everything was in comparison to um, where you're from? Well, um, be very honest. I had, you know, before you before we went there, we had to do some workshops for around a month. They explained what's, how's life in the states and what's gonna, what's things are different from here. Uh, it, it was it was shocking at first, but the worst part is when I came back to my country. That's where I got real culture shock. Because for a year, you get used to a certain lifestyle, a certain type of living, and then you come back and everything is gone. And you go back to no electricity, corruption. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, true. And then when you come back, you have to go through another workshop for a month to get used to living again the same life you used to live before traveling. And let me tell you something. We travel. When I traveled, I was really young. I was fifteen. Mm -hmm. So when a fifteen-year-old person travels and sees the world and sees people from all over the world, they come back with a different mentality. So when you come back, you can't get along with the people you used to hang out with. Like your friends, they're here. They still have the same mentality. They've been living the same life. They they didn't see what you've seen. So when you come back, you mature up. So it comes very hard to get along with people your age so this is another shock so that's why we do some workshops so you can get along with your family with your background with your friends with your schoolmates because a lot of people get really depressed and they get sick when they come back mm -hmm. do you keep in touch with um because at the same time that you were a foreign exchange student there was another girl that was also um, a foreign exchange student do you keep in touch with her Yes, she was. I was just on call with her like a few hours ago. Oh, She's nice. from Thailand. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and then Natasha. I was always happening in high school, and I had no idea. <laughs> That's because you <laughs> only spoke to the same people. You didn't venture out. <laughs> right. Hilda was the first person to be friends with me when I went there. And she was technically the she first was, person I was friends was, with. She was the only person who came and talked to me when I, I was very, like, I wasn't shy, but I was like a bit, you know, I'm different from a different culture. And I met Hilda and she was the first one to open up for me. She would like, she even drove me around. She invited me to her house. Uh, we went to, for some community service hours together. Do you remember um, the pumpkin patch? I yes, I still have them on Facebook, the pictures. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she was very sweet to me, and I considered her, like, one of the best people I really, like, met, and, like, I really thank her because because she made, like, the experience, like, like meaningful, you know? Because she was the first one to open up and to accept me for who I am. You know, a lot of people didn't accept me because, uh, they like, I come from Lebanon. 
them it's a third How world you introduce me to her in high school hilda i don't know <laughs> see it was junior year junior year was very difficult for me because i had just moved from the yeah. valley you know that in the song was a culture shock not in comparison to what you know dahlia was going through but it was it was very different so yeah. you know i think the way that I met her was, I think, during lunch, and I never—I didn't have anybody to sit with. I think she was sitting by herself or something, and I, you know, was kind of like, well, if I don't reach out to somebody, nobody's going to reach out to me. So I think I reached out to her, or I asked if I could sit with her. That's true. Um, and that's kind of how it started, and after that, it was kind of like, well, at least now we have somebody to sit with during lunch. And then... Yeah, it, no, and it, it was tough when you move, because I moved from Los Angeles to mm -hmm. Houston, freshman year yeah. and I remember my first day of school like everyone is hugging each other and so happy to see each yep. other and I don't know anyone yeah and I'm just sitting there like trying to be happy but you're kind of sad because you don't know anyone yeah, and oh, so, yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> it was the worst I mean yeah. from another country I mean yeah. I came from another state Mm -hmm. It sucked, but out of the country, I can understand that. Yeah, so, again, I was in the middle, like, imagine junior year, you know, you only have, like, two years of high school left, right in the middle of it, so I was completely distraught, but I was like, whatever, I'll make the best of it, and then I met Dahlia, and then from Dahlia, we met uh, Maria and her cousin, I forget Maria's name. That's true, yes. that's true. And that was kind of, yes, that was kind of like the little group that we kind of had during lunch, and then, I don't know, it just kind of entered from there and then you know school year ended Dahlia had to go and that was that <laughs> that's true <laughs> I still have a lot of pictures with you yeah can I send them to you yes please share them with me but I have some I though I think the ones that I treasure the most are the pumpkin patch I don't remember I don't really know why but I do I, I love those pictures yes <laughs> Well, um, I know Eleni has to get back to work. I'm sure you have things that you have to get to um, that you need to get back to. And I have a wild two year old around here that's making noises. If y'all heard him in the background, I apologize. <laughs> but thank you so much. <laughs> thank you no, thank you. I really incredibly I was really like, thank Thank you a lot, guys. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your interest in our country and what's going on. Sure. And thank you for being in touch and asking all of those questions. I really appreciate it. And seriously, thank you. And that's it. <laughs> thank you, Thanks, Dahlia. Dahlia. That was awesome. I'm glad we had uh, Dahlia there giving us a little bit of what's going on in the world. Sometimes it just feels so far away. So having her felt, you know, it, it made it personal for a little bit. Um, yeah. So it mentioned a few ways to help. And so Hilda and I will recap on that and we'll share it on social media. I definitely want to see you guys' photos that you guys keep talking about. So <laughs> Well, but if you're loving our content don't forget subscribe leave a comment like um on itunes for sure on apple music whatever wherever you're listening and don't forget to follow us on social media our handle is sunday school and school is spelled s-k-e-w-l and we'll see you next time bye